Welcome to Strange Talk. Hey, strangers! Welcome to another episode of This Week in Crime. Uh, this Week in Crime is a midweek segment that I bring to you guys, the listeners. I just talk about different. Oh, I hate the way I kind of squealed a little bit. Anyways, um, <clears throat> This Week in Crime is basically if you're new to the podcast. Uh, podcast, straight podcast. I can, I'm just mixing up all my words right now. Strange Talk Podcast is a true crime podcast dedicated to all things strange, from conspiracies to true crime, of murder, serial killers, although I haven't really done a serial killer in a long time since Richard Chase, which was, I think, episode 10. So, hint, hint, serial killer might be coming up. Just who, you may ask? I'm not too particularly sure. Anyways, um, so this week in crime is basically a midweek thing. It happens every Wednesday where I bring you guys different articles from around the world or good old America of just weird, strange shit that people do or things that are happening. And um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's it, I guess. Bye. Nah, I'm joking. So, um, I try not to make every intro of the show, like, cringy, but I really feel like it's super cringy, and I hate that, because I literally just sit alone in my room, and I record, and I have a candle that I light to set the mood, give me my good old feng shui, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I always end up making it cringy. Oh, well, anyways, on to the first article of this week in crime. Okay, so this article comes comes pretty interesting. It's a it's a paranormal article. So here we go. A grieving Atlanta mother said a spirit that looked like her deceased son was captured by her home security camera, according to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Jennifer Hodge, fifty seven, said in a Facebook post that she was watching TV in her bedroom with her daughter when her Nest security system sent her a notification saying person spotted in entryway. For everyone who knows what my son looks like, they know what this looks sorry, they know that this looks just like him, beard and all. Hodge wrote in the post. This is what her uh, Facebook post said. Last night, I was home alone with my youngest daughter watching a show in my bedroom. We started an hour-long episode at 11.15 p.m. and at 12.18 p.m. My daughter looked at my phone and saw a notification from our Nest security system saying, Person spotted in entryway from 11.51 p.m. When we pulled up the image, this is what we saw. For everyone who knows what my son looks like, they know that this looks just like him, beard and all. When I went to the kitchen, the Nest camera was in flip-out mode. I thought it was broken. Simply a strange night at the Hodge house, to say the least. We have no clue what to think about all of this, but so happy to be able to know my beautiful boy is always with us. Please share this, as this offers hope for so many. Hodge's son died of a drug-related death in 2016. We have no clue what to think about all of this, but I'm so happy to be able to normal. Be able to know my beautiful boy is always with us. That's a touching story, I guess. What a, what a good way to start this uh, episode. <laughs> so this next article comes... Um, it kind of comes as a shock to me because I don't think it's... I don't think it's chocolate milk because 
those who know me personally, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I love chocolate milk. I don't care. I fucking love chocolate milk. My favorite. I'm not even going to go into that, but anyways. Um, so this, it, so this one is from Flagstaff, Arizona turned into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory on Monday when a tanker truck spilled 300, sorry, 3,500 gallons of it across Interstate 40. The river of chocolate flowed onto the highway's westbound lanes east of Flagstaff near the 211 mile marker. The state's Department of Public Safety tweeted, There is a river of chocolate blocking flowing in the westbound lanes of I-40 at a milepost 211 east of Flagstaff. A tanker truck carrying 40,000 gallons of liquid chocolate rolled over. This will be a sweet cleanup. The tanker was transporting around 40,000 pounds of 120-degree liquid chocolate. So that's, uh... Can you imagine that, though? Like... I wonder how, like... I wonder if that's gonna, like, affect... I don't think it would, like, majorly affect the ecosystem within that area. Because, well, it could, because it could bring a bunch of bugs or, you know maybe to that particular area because of the sugar and everything. I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm not really like... Anyways. <laughs> so this next article is, A game of hide-and-seek took a deadly turn in Michigan's largest city during the weekend when a man apparently fell to his death in an abandoned building. Detroit police told Fox 2 the 21-year-old man was playing hide-and-seek with friends in a building at the closed Packard plant early Saturday morning, but his friends couldn't find him even after returning the next morning with flashlights to search for him. They eventually discovered his body in an elevator shaft on the first floor, covered in debris, and contacted authorities. The Packard property, which is made up of 45 buildings and a total of 3.5 million square feet, was purchased by a developer in 2014, with plans to eventually revitalize the property. While there are plenty of no trespass tra- while there are plenty of no trespassing signs on the property, there are also reportedly a lot of unlocked open doors. It's really hard to keep people out that want to get in. John George, co-founder of Blight Busters, told Fox 2. George's group of volunteers works to board up abandoned houses and buildings. The 21-year-old is believed to have fallen through an elevator shaft on the ninth floor of the building, according to police. While abandoned buildings may draw urban explorers with an adrenaline rush, the sites are no playground. Seriously, these are construction sites, demo sites, and you really need to approach them with a great deal of caution, he said. You know what's funny is because on... On YouTube, sometimes I will literally spend a good amount of time watching like urban explorer videos where people will ex- explore abandoned buildings. But the ones I tend to particularly watch are the ones of um, people who stumble upon like people. There's some. There's a lot where like people stumble upon like bodies. Like some of them are. Most of them are fake. They're just there to just get more views or it's clickbait, I guess you can say. But there was one. <laughs> Where it was a legit body. This guy found a body. It must have been like a dude overdosed on drugs or a homeless man that just died there. But um, I guess he was walking in. Um, it was like an abandoned hotel. And he was walking in there and he just sees it. It looks like it looks like somebody just rolled up a blanket and put it on like a chair. 
But as he got closer to inspect it, he started touching it and he pulled the blanket and you could see a head, like the top of the head. And he freaked out and he screams and he and he backs away a little bit and then he calls 911. Um, so it's crazy. Um, sometimes I do, I wouldn't mind like exploring abandoned places, but that's honestly like a, a fear I guess I have is like, I'll stumble upon something because I feel like I have really bad luck. So I'll probably stumble upon either like something I shouldn't be seeing and then I'm going to be wanted you know by whoever is committing whatever act they are committing and they're gonna hunt me down or i'm just probably gonna find a dead body and i don't i don't know <laughs> i guess i have a lot of weird fears so this next one is a woman in china was recently diagnosed with a rare hearing loss condition that prevents her from hearing men's voices i imagine there's a lot of ladies out there that would love to have this disease the woman identified only as Chen recently woke up one morning and was unable to hear her boyfriend's voice. The Xiamen residents then rushed to the Quanpu hospital, hoping doctors there would be able to help her. Chen was subsequently diagnosed by an ear, nose, and throat specialist with a condition called reverse slope hearing loss, or RSHL, and it's a rare and it's rare, according to Tennessee's Thigpen Hearing Center. For every 12,000 cases of hearing loss, only one person has RSHL in the U.S. and Canada. Specifically, the condition affects roughly 3,000 people. Those with the condition typically have trouble hearing low-frequency sounds. She was able to hear me when I spoke to her, but when a young male patient walked in, she couldn't hear him at all. Lin Zhuoping the doctor who treated Shen, Shen, Jen, Shen <laughs> said, according to the Daily Mail, The condition is typically caused by genetics, according to the Hearing Center, though noted other factors can also lead to RSHL. Shen reportedly said she has recently been under a lot of stress and not getting an adequate amount of sleep, which Zhao Ping, Zhao Qing, yeah, it's Zhao, Zhao Qing, said could have been a contributing factor the night before she was unable to hear her boyfriend's voice chen also said she felt nauseous and had ringing in her ears she reportedly expect she's reportedly expected to fully recover <laughs> i just stumbled through every sentence that i i speak and read i'm so sorry everyone <laughs> I feel like the more that I'm going to podcast, I feel like more and more like listeners are going to be like, wow, this dude's like really sad. <laughs> I, <thought I've laughs> I just feel like that. Anyways, um, thousands of dollars of park equipment had to be replaced and a child's birthday party was canceled after a Florida woman allegedly spread human feces across tables and grills at an outdoor venue last month, according to police. The Sarasota County Sheriff's Office said 42-year-old Heather Carpenter, a substitute teacher at Philippi, Philippi Shores Elementary School, faces felony criminal mischief and property damage charges for the incident on December 1st. Deputy said Carpenter was seen placing human waste and fecal matter, that's poo-poo, <laughs> on the wooden tables and grills under the pavilion at Urfer Family Park in Sarasota. I want to say that's Eufer. 
I could be completely wrong either way. In Sarasota, around 6.30 a.m., a man who was in the park at the time said he saw Carpenter was wearing a surgical mask and blue rubber gloves. Oh, so she was smart. She didn't want to get it on herself. When I realized what she did, I was shocked and appalled. He also said that Carpenter took off as soon as she realized she'd been caught. When I walked back over here to see what was going on, the smell hit me. I noticed that she did it to every table. Hutchinson told the television station, um, wiped it on every table, and it was on the ground. Yeah, it was a mixture of urine and feces, and she had it in a big cup and was just pouring it out and whi whipping it. Um, whipping it in. <laughs> wiping it in, I mean. <laughs> I was like... I just, why though? I want to know why. Deputies said that the principal of the elementary school had organized a birthday party at the park, oh, and had invited all the children in Carpenter's class, including the 42-year-old's child. The two were involved in some sort of dispute the week before the party. Oh, okay, so that makes sense, I guess. After being identified by witnesses, Carpenter admitted to intentionally placing the waste at the park with the intent of disrupting the party. The 42-year-old said she was displeased with how the principal was handling their dispute. Officials said that the county had to shell out over $2,300 to replace the tables and grills, including labor costs. I guarantee you the majority of that money is probably coming from the labor costs, not the actual equipment itself. Because if it's anything like mechanics, they fucking charge you up the ass because of the labor. Because <laughs> the actual parts aren't that expensive. All right, moving on to the next article. Members of a Georgia family returning home Wednesday after traveling over the holidays said they were stunned to find that a man they did not recognize had changed the locks and claimed the house was his. Janice Henson said to her family's Marietta home wouldn't work. Her key, sorry, her key to her family's Marietta home wouldn't work when she tried the lock. Matters took a bizarre turn when a man in a wheelchair came to the door and told her to leave. Henson said the stranger also claimed to have a gun. Police were called, leading to a five-hour standoff between officers, a SWAT team, and the suspect. At one point, WSB reported the SWAT team broke down the door and sent in a robot to locate the suspect. The man identified as 26-year-old Nathaniel Jacob Knuckles. <laughs> Knuckles. That's like the Sonic the Hedgehog character. Knuckles! Eventually surrendered to law enforcement. He was charged with felony first-degree burglary and making terroristic threats as well as misdemeanor obstruction. He was being held in the Cobb County Jail in lieu of $33,000 and $220... I just said that number wrong. $33,220 bond. Henson told WSB she did not know how long Knuckles had been in their house but she noticed that some of the family's belongings had been moved and all their food was gone. He also left us notes thanking us for the key and thanking us for letting him live here, and it was his house now. Henson told the station he moved all the pictures and emptied the drawers. He was making this house his. Well, I mean, at least he said thank you. You know, he could have been an asshole and not, you know. I mean, it seems like he was kind of like, he, all he did was empty the drawers. Now, they didn't really elaborate on or explain more if he threw all the contents within the drawers on the floor, if he made a mess. He could have been a, actually kind of a okay, like, guest. He probably picked up the house a little bit, tidied it up. Anyways, but I imagine, you know, you wouldn't want a stranger in your home. So, 
the next article is um, pretty interesting one. Well, it's not super interesting, but I find it kind of interesting because it reminds me of what's that movie? Um, oh my God. I just had that Shawshank Redemption. Although they didn't necessarily do this, but it is about a prison escape. Hint, hint. Two inmates at a Michigan correctional facility could face charges after they apparently placed mannequin dummies in their beds as part of an alleged plan to escape. Shakarius Lori, 24, and Darius Culpepper, 27, were spotted. Wa- Those names sound really fucking. They they don't sound like they're normal names. I mean, Darius does, but Darius Culpepper just sounds like a villain, like in a fucking spaghetti western. Like the the kind where they like quaces. God, I feel that's so cringy. Darius Culpepper, 27, were spotted walking toward a fence by an officer at the Macabre Correctional Facility in New Haven around 6 p.m. on Saturday. Officials at the prison, which houses prisoners at various security levels, conducted an emergency inmate count, during which the makeshift dummies were discovered. Michigan Department of Corrections spokesperson Chris Gotts, who did not immediately respond or request for comment, told the news outlet that the cellmates claimed they were going to fight, but because they put stuff in their beds, we certainly treat it as an attempted escape attempt. So I guess they weren't actually going to fight. I mean, I'm sorry, I guess they weren't going to escape. They They just did that so they can go outside and fight. They never got more than 10 feet from the fence, and they were never, they never touched the fence. He said, the staff was incredibly alert and responded right away. The public was never in danger. Laurie was sentenced in 2015 to 25 years in prison for assault with intent to commit murder. And Culpepper was sentenced in 2016 to eight years for armed robbery. Man. Do you, I have a question because it kind of relates to prison. I'm not saying that I would. But this is something I do think about it. I wonder, like, if, if you, do you ever think, like, could I survive prison? I mean, I know I couldn't because I rely too much on fucking technology. I rely too much on my phone and the internet. So I imagined I would probably die (laughs) in prison or just probably be somebody's bitch. A man and okay, here's the next article. A man ended up starting 2019 in the hospital after he wound up impaled on a deer statue in a traffic circle in Philadelphia. The incident happened around 4 p.m. on Tuesday at the Ekins Oval, located across the street from the famed Philadelphia Museum of Art. Police said the man, 21, climbed onto the Washington Monument in the middle of the oval when he slipped and fell on the antlers of a deer statue. After falling, the left side of the man's body was impaled on the deer statue, causing a laceration and bleeding, according to officials. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he was listed in stable condition. The Washington Monument was originally unveiled in 1897 in the city's Fairmont Park before being relocated to the Oval in 1928 after the completion of the Benjamin Franklin Parkway. The monument's lower level is surrounded by flora and fauna of the U.S., which includes a moose, buffalo, bear, and alligator, according to the group. Not sure why they wanted to add that piece of information in, but I guess why not. So this article was actually sent to me by a listener. So thank you for always sending. Actually, he sends me a lot. So thank you very much for sending me the articles. I 
didn't have time to feature every single article, and I apologize for that. But hey, I'll save them for the next one. I'll save them for the next one. So here's the last final final article. It's actually a very interesting one and kind of weird. In a new case study, Irish doctors report the baffling case of a 33-year-old man who injected his own semen intravenously for a year and a half, a self-developed cure intended to treat his chronic back pain. It does not appear to have worked. <laughs> After reportedly injecting semen into his arm, Every month for 18 months, the man finally sought medical attention, but not for his arm. The patient instead complained of severe sudden onset lower back pain, having lifted a heavy steel object three days beforehand. During his checkup, the doctor found a patch of red swelling on his right forearm, after which the man admitted he'd been injecting himself with his own semen using a hypodermic needle he purchased online. This time around, he had injected three doses of semen, entering both his blood vessels and his muscles. This is the first reported case of semen injection for use as medical treatment. The doctors at Adelaide and Meth Hospital in Ireland wrote in the case study titled Semenly, Harmless Back Pain. Oh, those doctors are fucking comedians over there. An unusual presentation of a substantious abscess published in the Irish Medical Journal. The swollen region grew and hardened around the area on his arm where he injected his semen, and an x-ray revealed an area of trapped air beneath the man's skin. The doctors immediately hospitalized the patient, treating him with an intravenous antimicrobial... Antimicrobial... Oh my god, I cannot say this word. Antimicrobial therapy. There you go. After the... Thank you, thank you. After the patient's back pain improved, he discharged himself. The doctors performed a search of the medical literature and beyond, revealing not a single case of intravenous semen injecting for back pain. According to the case study, although there is a report of the effects of subcantious um, semen injection into rats and rabbits, there were no cases of intravenous semen injection into humans found across the literature. A search of more electric internet sites and forums found no other documentation of semen injection for back pain treatment or other uses. Attempts at intravenous and arteal injection of harmful substances such as mercury, gasoline, charcoal, lighter fluid, and hydrochloric acid and hydrocarbon are well described and are generally carried out in attempted suicide as opposed to the case detailed above in which the patient was aiming to relieve physical discomfort. So apparently, I guess all those chemicals that I said were used to commit suicide with. This isn't the first time we've seen something like this. Perhaps this case reminds you of Aaron Triwick, the deceased biohacker who once gave himself an unregulated herpes treatment in front of a crowd. Wow. The doctors behind the new case study note that the semen-injecting patient demonstrates the risks of experimenting on yourself prior to safety assess clinical research. So, in other words, guys, don't inject your semen. Don't, don't do it. No matter how bad you want to do it. <laughs> it's just funny because one of the articles because you know like some of the the websites they they allow you to comment 
And I guess one person commented saying, is this truly what we've come to? <laughs> Anyways, so thank you for joining me on this short episode of This Week in Crime. I hope you guys enjoyed the articles nonetheless, and I know I have very sloppy pronunciation, and I just stumble a lot through my words. I stammer, I guess, a little bit. But nonetheless, I love to bring you guys... I love to bring you guys the news, I guess. Maybe it's some articles that you haven't heard. So, having said that, follow me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast, and you can always send me a DM there if you have an interesting news article that you stumble upon. Send it my way. I will gladly love to use it in an episode. And if you would like, I can shout you out if you're the one that sent it to me. So just let me know. Um, if you don't have an Instagram and you don't, or you don't want me to have your Instagram. You know, because you like your privacy, I guess. You can go ahead and send me it via email at strangetalkpodcast at outlook.com. I'll be happy to take it off your hands from there. Um, so, yes, I recently um, started a Patreon. So that's a thing that I have now. I don't have a lot of tiers. I only have two tiers right now. It starts at a dollar. And the other one is at five dollars. Those are each a month. So, you know, if you don't have the cash... You don't have the moolah right now that's fine you can go ahead and just always help me out by way of just spreading the word of strange talk podcast um that helps me out a bunch you know what also helps me out too by going to itunes and leaving me a nice review or if you want to leave me a hey i don't fucking care whatever you want to do as long as it's truthful and you really enjoy the show why not say it by way of reviewing it and you know giving me five stars and making my life a little less miserable but seriously so i recently hit a thousand followers i believe i think i'm at a thousand and ten right now on instagram so that's awesome so because i reached a thousand followers i'm going to be doing another giveaway i still don't have the details yet as of right now as of this recording i don't have the details yet of what i'm going to be doing exactly i will be giving away something obviously because that's the point of a giveaway um, I just don't know what I'm going to be giving away. Uh, the last giveaway I gave, which was when I hit 200 followers, which is kind of a short number if you think about it, but hey, why not? Um, so technically, hey man, I came a long way, I guess, on Instagram. I'm at 1,010 now. So that's pretty cool. That's exciting. That That's a, a new feeling. Sometimes I don't know what to do with it because my personal account that I have on Instagram, I only have like 200 and something. And I'm like, wow, I have a thousand something on there. But anyways, um, that's another story. But uh, so, yeah, I'll be doing a giveaway. Um, just make sure that you're following me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast so that way you know what to do when I do give the details out. But I will be doing I'll probably give the details out on Monday's episode when that comes out. I'll let you guys know. And don't worry, I'm going to be posting it on my Instagram as well. So make sure you're staying up to date with me and follow me on there. But yeah, so um, back to the Patreon thing. I have the Patreon up, so go ahead and, you know, you can look me up at patreon.com slash podcast. You'll find it there. I will be linking it in the description notes of the show if anybody actually reads those because sometimes I don't really think anybody does. One, uh, one day, I'm not going to say when. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be a year from now. I'm going to just write a bunch of gibberish, some weird fucked up shit to see if anybody actually reads it. But if not... Ah, you guys will never know. So anyways, uh, thank you for joining me on this episode of This Week in Crime. Uh, stay tuned for Monday's episode. 
Um, I'm probably going to be having uh, my co-host from Talk Nerdy to Me, um, uh, Ripsauce710. He's probably going to be joining me on that episode, so that's always cool to have him. So hopefully you guys enjoy having him on there as well. So till next time, stay strange.